Welcome to another episode of Believing God's Promises, where we don't just read the word, but believe what it says. Hi guys, welcome. Thank you guys for joining. It has been a while. So uh, three weeks ago when I was on, I told you guys that I may or may not be on that next week. And my husband, I'm glad I said that because my husband ended up surprising me and taking me to a cabin. So that was super exciting. I had no clue. So if I would have said I was on, I don't, I don't know what I would have done, honestly. Um, But it was so, so needed. That was the week of Christmas. It was right after Christmas. We went away for a while. It was really good. Um, Just really got to talk about some of the things that are going to happen this year with the ministry, with our business, with what God is doing in our lives, in our marriage, in our kids, and all of those things. So it was so good. And then of course, I told you that I would be off for a few weeks. I couldn't wait. I was like, you know what? I've taken two weeks. Um, I want to say I would, I rested, but honestly I've been preparing. Um, there's a lot with, uh, nonprofits and stuff that you have to do at the beginning of the year, at least with ours. So I've been doing a lot of the paperwork and things. I haven't actually been resting. So I was like, I might as well get on and do what I love. This is why I'm doing all the paperwork. This is part of it. So Anyway, just to kind of catch you guys up to speed, um, next week I have something I cannot change the time on. I cannot get rid of. It is very important that I'm at this thing. And um, so because of that, I think I will be on at one, but it might be a little bit later. I'm just not sure on the timing with it. So next week is going to be more of an update. It's going to be very important. There's going to be a lot of information about what we're doing in the next few months and what we're doing really all year year. I also am going to try and do a a little message maybe with it, but I'm not quite sure yet how that's going to go because there's so much information. I know I'm making you guys all wait a week, but I don't have time to do that today because I want to get to the message here in a minute. Now, before I start the message for this week, I want to go ahead and say for all of you guys that are podcasters, meaning that you go onto a platform that is strictly for podcasting, and that's how you listen to this. I would love to have your feedback because I edit all of your material and I only put the message on there. I don't ever do the announcements. I'm actually obviously not editing this one. I'm letting you guys hear the full shebang. There's not always a lot of announcements announcements, but there are some. And I realized over Christmas that you guys miss out on important information such as, hey, I'm not going to be on the next few weeks. So you probably had no clue. I mean, you had no clue unless you know someone that watches me on another platform like YouTube or Facebook or whatever. So I want to know you guys feedback. If you want that on the podcast, if you guys would email me at bgpministries at gmail.com, let me know what you want. Let me know what you're thoughts are on that. I know sometimes with podcasts, you just kind of want to get to the message and, and that's why I've done it that way. But then you also miss out on certain things. So I will be posting, I will be posting next week's and that will be more of an update. So you'll have a general idea of what the plan is for the year, but things change and, you know, I have a life and sometimes there's emergencies and I have kids and things happen. So I just want you guys to be more um, informed on what's going on, if you will. That was one of the things that I was thinking about towards the end of the year. So 
Anyway, let me know on that, you guys. I would love to hear your opinions, love to hear your feedback, love to hear where you're at and what you're kind of looking for in that. But again, stay tuned next week, same time, one o'clock. Uh, hopefully I'll be on right at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time to give a full update of what is happening next. I'm super excited. There's a lot of doors that God has opened. So be praying for me, be praying for the ministry, be praying for my family. I love you guys and I appreciate everything that you guys do. All right, getting into the message. Now, we started a series in Psalms 23 going through each verse uh, before Christmas. It was after Thanksgiving. My goal was to get through all six verses before Christmas because I just wanted it to be kind of our Christmas message. But you know what? Life happened and there were some things, there were some uncontrollable circumstances that I faced in my life, things that happened that I could not change. So I could not get on and get these all done before beforehand. So we have the last verse is what we're on. Now, if you have not been with us, just to fill you in, the whole heart behind doing Psalm 23 during Christmas, it's not that I'm anti-Advent or anything like that. I love a good Advent message. I, I think it's really important that we focus on Jesus and we're appreciative, but I sense that the Holy Spirit was guiding me to go this direction because there are so many people that during the holidays, they're hurting, they're going through difficult things. The holidays just have that way of bringing those things up in us. And, and this psalm really talks about that, about um, really going through dark valleys, going through difficult times. So what does that look like in the midst of the Christmas season? What does that look like with God in it, with us? So where is God in that? And we're just kind of examining each scripture, going through each verse every week and looking at where God was in that and what his promises are and what, what David is really trying to say in these verses. So because it's been three weeks since I was on last, I want to go ahead and reread all of Psalm 23. All right, let me get my new Bible. My son got me a new Bible. Mine was falling apart. So my goal, just so you know, while I'm turning there, my goal is that I uh, go through six Bibles. Um, and cause I write in my, my Bible was lit. When I say it was falling apart, it was literally falling apart. Like the, the whole binding came off, everything fell apart. Um, my daughter's already claiming that one and I'm not even dead yet, but that's, that's fine. She's got it. She's got it. So, but my goal is to leave six Bibles because I have six children. I just thought that'd be really cool to have six Bibles that are marked in and just have my thoughts and some of the things I've gone through. So that's one of my my life goals. So I guess I got to live a while because it takes a while to wear a Bible out. <laughs> Anywho. All right. So Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, now this is the verse that we're going to talk about today. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I was reading this and I was studying this, sometimes 
you know, I studied the word in Hebrew and Greek and, and the languages it was originally written in, but I also study and I look at other translations because sometimes they just give us a better picture. And so I was reading this in the Amplified Version, and this is what it says. It says, surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love. I love that. Goodness, mercy, and unfailing love. God's goodness, his mercy, meaning that there's something that we did and we deserve a punishment, yet he doesn't give us what we deserve. Mm, he doesn't give us what we deserve. His goodness, his mercy, and unfailing love, unfailing love, so true, genuine, genuine, agape love shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell forever throughout all my days throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. And, and I love how David gives us this picture and we need to tie this back into what the good shepherd does. Cause remember this, this, this whole section, this whole Psalm 23 is talking about the good shepherd. It's really pointing to Jesus, isn't it? Cause Jesus refers to himself as a good shepherd. And so we need to have that mindset when we're reading through these verses of like, what does that look like? What is God trying to get us to understand? And I want to look at the two promises in this scripture so that we can better understand God's heart for us. So what is the first promise? The first promise is this goodness, mercy, and unfailing love will follow us, will follow you all the days of your life. His goodness, his mercy, and his unfailing love will follow you all the days of your life. God is constantly pursuing us. He's constantly going after us. He's constantly wanting us to come back to him. It's us that's running. See, so many of us have this different picture of God, of this mean God that's that's running away from us because we've done something wrong or because we're in a dark valley and, and, and he's just pushing us away. But God is actually, it's actually the opposite. We're the ones so often that are running. Why is it that when we're going through something difficult, we run away from God instead of to him? And, and whenever I was studying this and I was reading this, I really felt like there were people that you, because this whole series, I've really talked about darkest valleys, kind of uh, being the victim, if you will. And that's okay. We are, we are victims sometimes, aren't we? We are victims of other people's sin. We are victims of the world we live in. We don't want to have a victim mentality, but things happen to us. We get hurt and there's nothing that we can do about it. But for this specific verse, the Lord really put it on my heart that there are a lot of people that you are struggling, believing that God's goodness, mercy, and unfailing love is chasing after you because you're the one that put yourself in that dark valley. Mm. Yeah, that you are the one that put yourself in that dark valley. Maybe you sinned and you did something you knew you shouldn't have. And, and maybe that's the whole reason why you've been going through a trial, why you've been going through something difficult. And, and yes, there is a place that we come to where we repent, right? We realize what we did was wrong. We realize that God loves us too much to keep us stuck in that. And we repent and we accept Jesus' forgiveness and we ask God for help. And there's this whole process. But then there's this other side that it's literally, we don't have to do anything for God to continue to pursue us. He's still pursuing us. Somebody needs to hear that. He's still pursuing you. Even though you got yourself in the situation you got yourself in, God's goodness, his mercy, mercy wouldn't be mercy if you deserved it. That's not mercy. Mercy is something we don't deserve. 
Mm. Mercy is something we don't deserve. His goodness, his mercy, and his unfailing, his unfailing love is pursuing you. It's chasing you. It's coming after you. It's trying to get hold of you, not so it can shake you, not so it can tell you that you were bad and it can spank your bottom and put you in the corner and be mad at you. No, so that it can love you. Now, sometimes love, what does love do? Sometimes it disciplines. God disciplines us because he loves us. As a parent, I totally get this. I love how God speaks to me as a mother because there have been times in my children's lives when they have done things outright just disobeyed me and done things that were not okay. They have literally sent right in front of my face. But I will tell you one thing. There's never been a time that they have been facing a consequence from something they send in, from some kind of disobedience that they had, from whatever it was. Maybe they're grounded. Maybe they don't have their phone. Maybe what if they were to get hurt or if they were to need me, I wouldn't be like, well, you know what? You just did that. So you're going to have to wait for me to love you or you're going to have to wait for me to listen to you because you know what you send and you fell short. So you're just going to have to sit in that for a minute. God doesn't do that to us. That's not who he is. He loves us. His goodness, his mercy, and his unfailing love chase after us, even when we're being disciplined, even when we're facing consequences for things that we've done, even when we're the sole reason that we're in that thing that we're in God's mercy, his goodness, and his unfailing love, it always pursues us. It always chases after us. Somebody on here, you need to hear that. You need to understand that. And I just pray that God gives you that revelation that it's not about what you've done and it's not about what you haven't done. It's not about any of that. God, this is about God. This is about who he is. This is about his character. We're learning promises of God and his promises are good. His promises are true and they're not contingent on our behavior. They can't be because then, I mean, we, I mean, just honestly, we wouldn't, they wouldn't be promises of God because he couldn't keep them if it was based on us. It's based on who he is. Again, think back to what I was saying about being a parent. If you're a parent or if you've ever had a heart of a parent, if you've ever been around children, you know that when you're watching them do something that is a sin, that they're being disobedient, what, what is the heart behind me telling my kids that I'm not okay with them doing something. It's not because I'm trying to be controlling. It's not because I'm trying to rule over them and just tell them. And, and I'm not saying all parents are like this. I mean, I get it. You know, I struggled. I went through a period of time where I was trying to be controlling, where I was trying to lord over my kids, that I thought that was my responsibility. But see, I have this understanding now of God. Therefore, I can parent in a godly way that I feel like represents the Lord to my children. And it's coming alongside of them, actually coming under them and lifting them up out out of the darkness. I come to them and I say, Hey, you know what you just did is not okay. And this is a destructive behavior. See, because I can see things that they can't see. And God is seeing something in your life that you can't see. God is seeing a destructive behavior. And what he's doing now is he's beginning to shake your circumstances. So when I see that in my children's life, I go in and I'm like, you know what, this is going to hurt them in the end. This is going to really um, injure them or kill them even. 
spiritually, uh, emotionally, physically, whatever it is. And I need to go and shake their circumstances so that they realize that this is not good for them. And that's where God is in our sin is he comes in and he shakes up our circumstances. But then so many of us go to that guilt and that shame and condemnation. And when we're in Christ, there's no more condemnation. Amen. Therefore, there is now no condemnation in Christ. And so we don't have to walk in that. We don't have to to accept that for what it is, because it isn't when we're in Christ, right? And so God comes in and he begins to shake our circumstances. And and guess what? Sometimes in that, that's why we're in the valley is because of our consequences or because God is shaking our circumstances because he's trying to love us. He's trying to be a good father, just like I tried to be a good mother to my children whenever they're doing something that's wrong. And, and, I, and it breaks my heart. I guarantee you, it breaks God's heart to see you struggle. It breaks God's heart to see you struggle when he's shaking your circumstances or to see you struggle whenever you've put yourself in a really bad position. It breaks his heart. He doesn't want that for you. And, and I know I'm going off topic a little, but I just really have this heavy on my heart today that there are some of you that are really struggling in this. And let this be the year that you walk in the freedom that Jesus paid for you to have, that you no longer get stuck in that, that lie that it's your fault. And so now God is done with you or he's moved on. No, God is pursuing you. His goodness is pursuing you. His mercy is pursuing you and his unfailing love is pursuing you forever and ever. Amen. All right, let's move on to the second promise. What is the second promise in this scripture? That we can dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. I love this. Did you know that the second that you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is deposited. He's deposited inside of us. Let's read this. Ephesians 1.13, it says, When you believed, you were marked. When you believed... When you believed, when you confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ was Lord, when you believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you were marked in him with a seal. What is this seal? The promised Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised when he was ascending into heaven. Now, why did he promise us the Holy Spirit? See, Jesus understood that he could only be on this earth for so long and he's fully God, but he's also fully man. Therefore, he couldn't be in multiple places at once. He could only be with the people he was with at the time that he was with them. And so it's almost like I have this picture of as Jesus is ascending, Holy Spirit high fives him and comes down and he dwells with us. God's presence, we are dwelling in God's presence, but God's presence is dwelling in us as well. See, back in the Old Testament, the presence of the Lord would follow the Israelites. It says that, that he was in a cloud by day and in a fire by night. But here's the amazing part of the all-inclusive package deal that Jesus Christ paid for us to have, that he's now inside of us. He's now inside of us. Holy Spirit, God, part of the Trinity is living inside of you and I. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean when we're in a dark valley? Why, why would David say this about God's presence? First off, he's foreshadowing, right? We see how the Old Testament always points to Jesus. Everything in the Bible should point to Jesus. 
So he's definitely foreshadowing this piece of it, that when Jesus died, then he made available the Holy Spirit to come live inside of us when we say yes to him. But also that the Holy Spirit is there to guide and direct us just like he did the Israelites. The Holy Spirit guided them. He directed them. He he showed them every step to take. Did they always listen to him? Absolutely not. We read all about how they didn't listen to him most of the time. But guess what? He was constantly there to guide and direct them. That even in the hardest times, even when we're struggling with things, that God is there to comfort us, that he is there to sit with us, to cry with us. Again, God's heart is breaking when our heart is breaking. He is a good father. He wants to comfort you. He wants to sit with you. He wants to show you that there is a way out. There's always a way out. And Holy Spirit can show us that way out. But so many of us get so stuck in our stuff and we're not willing to surrender. And I'm talking like actually really honestly surrender and say, God, I can't do this anymore. God, but I know that you've got the answer. So I give this to you. I give this to you. I surrender this to you, Lord, take it from me. And when we come to that place, man, we are going to start really walking in the freedom that Jesus paid for us to have. And this is why when so many people that you hear about, like the peace that passes all understanding, and they're going through this horrible, horrible time in their life. I think I talked about this last time, that when they're going through a dark valley, that somehow they're able to make it when they're going through something that's really, really difficult, when they've just lost someone that they really, really love, when they're uh, losing a job or a family member or they're facing something that's so difficult, like a diagnosis or or whatever it is that they're going through, but they can get through that no matter if their circumstances change or not. That is because the Holy Spirit is with us. If we would just surrender and just allow him to be God, we need to stop trying to be God ourselves. I am not God. You are not God. So we need to give God his Godship back. We need to say, you know what? And that's what we do when we surrender. We say, I can't you can. I can't. You did. I'm not enough. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit is inside of me. Thank you, God. You're going to walk with me through this. And if I ever don't see the end of the road, if I ever don't see the light at the end of the trouble, I still know that you are good and that you're faithful. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. So I want to encourage you guys to just stand on these promises, to look back at Psalm 23. Anytime you're going through something difficult, anytime you're going through a hard time, I want to encourage you to go back to these scriptures and, and look at it in light of seeing where God is in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of the hard things and the difficult things and the dark valleys that we go through. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to pray for you guys. So Father, I just thank you for everybody that's watching, for everybody that's watched, Lord. I just thank you, God, that you are with each and every one of them, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, God. And I just thank you that even though sometimes we go through dark valleys, God, that 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 doesn't change your goodness, your mercy, and your unfailing love, God, that you are always pursuing us, Father. I just thank you for that, God. I thank you for the people listening that don't have a revelation of that, God. I just ask that you 
you penetrate their heart and give them a revelation of that, that you love them, God, that your mercy is new every day, um, that your mercy is new every second, God, that your mercy is always new, God, that your goodness is pursuing your, your, their, your mercy is pursuing them and that your unfailing love is going to continue to pursue them, God. And I just ask that you give us a deeper revelation of your presence in us, God, that the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, God, help us to utilize that, God. So many of us, uh, yeah, so many of us just go through our day and we don't even utilize, we don't even take advantage of the fact that the Holy Spirit, that God himself is inside of us. So God, make us more aware, um, open our minds and our hearts to that truth, God. Help us to see that in our everyday life, God. Help us to cry out more to you. Help us to surrender more to you, God. Father, I just thank you for every brother and sister that's watching or that may watch, God, if it's if it's today or if it's 20 years from now, God, and I just thank you that they are blessed, God. I thank you, God, for loving them. God, I thank you, God, for bringing them into the freedom that you've already paid for them to have. In Jesus' name, amen.